right, welcome to Dell's War Room, episode 15. We are here, as always, with Eric Burdett. Good morning, brother. Morning. And we are here for round two with the amazing Sean Jones. Yes, yes, Hello, yes, Sean. yes. So, Sean Jones, executive director of Rex Air. We are here live with our team, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about a few different things. We're going to do some question and answer stuff, a little bit different. And uh, we got a few different things from our team this morning, and they have a few questions for for Sean. So we're just going to open up uh, a little bit and, you know, just some kind of general stuff. And Sean, you've been in uh, Rainbow for quite a long time, been in yep, direct sales 15 years. for mm-hmm. direct sales since you were, since you were a wee lassie. Yeah, 28 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Long time. So basically just some general stuff that obviously just comes right out. And I, I think this is just kind of a, a generic thing that most people, I mean, it, there's a lot to this and it's a, it's kind of a fully loaded question, but something that always comes up is people always want to know like kind of the magic recipe in you know how do you close a sale and you know mm-hmm. rainbow is something that's always been really different in in a lot of businesses and you know th- there's a reason why we have you know the best business in the world and obviously in rainbow we always kind of say we don't in our in our demo people always come up with me and i've been asked that a hundred times like can you help me with your closing and it starts mm-hmm. with like hi i'm dallas yeah i mean we don't i don't i don't feel in our demo there's a closing Correct. there's a pricing you know there's different parts of the demo but I, I always hand people the binder and say, okay, you tell me where the close starts. And they kind of go, and, and no two people ever give me the same page where yeah. they feel the close starts. So yeah. it's different. I know, you know, with your previous company, there was probably a closing part where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, now we got to hammer these guys mm-hmm. into the ground. And I know seeing, obviously, you know, you have a, a lot of skills in sale and, and yeah. selling and coming from closing. But I think Rainbow has always been a little bit different where you you have an amazing product and, and, and the way we approach it is we don't have that high pressured sales. We don't have that muscle and that aggressiveness. I mean, we have a product that just, I put that dirt in the box and if that doesn't gross you out, mm-hmm. see ya, you yeah. know? So, but in general, and when you look at things, I mean, you know, what is really some of the techniques that you've experienced, maybe in the differences in, in business, in, in, in the differences between different businesses, but what is, if someone was to give you, if you were just to give that magic recipe of like, what's the art of closing a sale? Mm-hmm. What's, what's Sean Jones's, you know, magic recipe for, you know, how do you answer that? Well, me? you know, first, I always tell everybody, first of all, you guys know, um, it's funny because people think, oh, it's Sean's amazing. Sean's done this. And, and that is not true. What happened is Sean, his, Sean has become good at selling because Sean got better at not selling. Right. Okay. Which means I, you have to learn how to not sell before you learn how to sell. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I was telling the story yesterday that, you know, I was an athlete. I played soccer when I was in high school and um, I was a good athlete. I mean, I even thought Sean was absolutely amazing and, and I'm being facetious. But what I mean by that is everybody was telling me how great I was. And, I, and that was always weird to me because I'm like, I'm just playing the way I play. And I was nominated All-American. I was second team best player in the state of Ohio. I got all these colleges after me. And people used to go, oh my God, you know, it's just, how did you become so good? And after, it was years later when I finally realized the secret. Do you know what the secret was, Eric? No. What actually happened was from second grade, I don't know how old you are in second grade. I don't know. Seven or seven eight. Or eight. Mm-hmm. Seven or eight years old, we moved out to a suburb. And when we moved out to a suburb, there's nobody around. We lived in like literally woods. But there were three boys that lived near us. Tommy, Billy, and Bobby. Tommy was two years older. Bobby was two years older than me. And Billy was three years older than me. These were the guys I grew up with. These were the guys. we All we did all summer long was play together. Now, here's my point. 
They were two, at least two years older, actually three years older. So growing up from seven or eight years old, every single day when we go outside and play soccer, I was playing with faster, older, quicker boys than my own age group because I had to play with them. I had no choice. Mm -hmm. So what happened is when you play with faster people and quicker people and better people, what do you think ends up happening? You're going to get better. You're going to get better. You're playing with better people. So eventually what ended up happening was when I became a player as I was going up and then when I got into high school and I was playing people my own age group, I was better than them because I was used to playing with stronger and quicker people. Why am I saying that? What happened was is I happened to be in direct sales long enough where I eventually got good. Okay, the last time I checked, my closing average was like 70%. And people go, how do you get a closing average of 70%? Well, it's a lot of reading, it's a lot of studying. And this is what I was telling people before, is one of the benefits of having like a podcast, let's say, back in my day, on my way to driving to my demos, I would put a CD in or tape in, to be, tr be honest with you. A-track. A-track, <laughs> right? I'd put the tape in, and I would play the tape over and over and over and over. There was a fantastic album that I listened to that was amazing, that changed me about selling, which I'll talk about here in a second. But I remember I listened to it so much, I'll never forget it. I memorized it that I'll never forget I was driving down the road. I ejected the tape and threw it out the window because I was sick of the voice. Yeah. Right? I was just like, I, I, I overwhelmed myself. Now, so people always say, well, how did you get so good at uh, selling and closing and all this other stuff? I, you know, I, I just have to say that it ended up happening by not selling so much and hearing the objections of the customers that eventually I started realizing, okay, I already know, here's the big secret, here's the magic, guys. I already know what the customer's gonna tell me yeah. before they tell me. Mm -hmm. That is my biggest secret. So I know, in reality, there's really only three objections when I walk into a house. The three objections are, I can't afford it, I'm not in the market or a priority, I put those two together, and we, we love the rainbow, but we just need to think, think about, about it. it. And those were the three objections that I realized. There's no other objection. Now, there are plenty of stupid ones. But they all boil into the same they thing. They all boil down to the same thing, yeah. those three objections. So what I did was I realized and constantly thought about, okay, when, when somebody says to me this, what can I say? And these are the different things that this is how it all started in my career. Okay, now what I mean by that is it was funny for like two years when I was in direct sales, I sucked, man. I didn't, I couldn't, I tell people I, I couldn't sell anything, right? I, I didn't really, I really wasn't good. But what I did do is I did work. Okay, I worked six days a week. I did demos six days a week, no matter what. And I did it every single week. I never, I don't even remember taking time off. And so here, so what was happening was I was getting the, getting the skill, and then at the same time, I was listening from people, listening to tapes, reading books, so I was getting the knowledge. So I'm bringing the knowledge while I'm getting the skill. That is very important, those two things. So I need to have the knowledge and the skill. When I bring those two together, that's when things started to click for me. So what I started to realize is, okay, I'm only gonna get these three objections. now. Let's talk about the first objection, the think about it objection. That is probably the hardest objection we have to deal with. Yeah, because you don't know what they're thinking about. Yeah, and, and here's what happens. It's not a yes and it's not a no. It's a maybe. Mm -hmm. 
And what can, what can you do with that? I can't do anything with that. No. So and it's you, usually like, it usually comes in a form of like, well, we really love it. Yeah. But we just got to think about yeah. it. Yeah. And you're a good salesperson. Yeah. Don't get me. I don't want to make you're, you feel you're like amazing. You're, you're the amazing. The product's awesome. Right. This is all so right. great. Right. But we got to think about it. But we got to think about it. And you're like, there's nothing you can do with that. So you're sitting there going, okay. So my, what I realized is, and again, this is all trial and error because I did so many demos. What I realized is anything I say when that objection comes up at the end turns into an argument. Mm -hmm. So anything I say, it's going to slowly escalate to an argument. So that's when I said, what if I cover that objection up front? And, and that's how you guys hear me do my pre-front talk all the time. And I cover the thing about an objection up front. Eric, I'm really excited about showing you and um, uh, Betty... I'll just make up your girlfriend, right? You and Betty, the, the rainbow. Uh, look, I'm going to run through this really quick. I'm going to show you tons of stuff you guys are going to fall in love with. Now, I'm going to talk fast. I want you guys to know that, okay? Is that okay with you if I talk fast? Yeah. I'm going to hit the highlights of the presentation, or do you want the long one? No, the highlights, for okay. sure. Which, by the way, what's the difference between the long one and the highlights? Nothing. Nothing. It's the same thing, okay? So anyways, I'm going to hit the highlights, so I'm going to talk really quick, okay? So if you have any questions why I'm showing it to you, Okay, you need to stop me and ask me because I'm going to move through this really quick. Because, of course, I'm a salesperson. I'm going to ask you at the end if you'd like to order one. Now, I can handle a yes. I can handle a no. I prefer a yes, but I can handle a no. I'm a big boy, Eric. I won't cry until I get to my car. Then I'll cry all the way home. You don't have to see it. That's the good news, okay? Please do me a favor. While I'm showing it to you, if you have a question, trip me, pack, punch me, slap me, whatever you got to do, throw something at me and say, Sean, I got a question. Okay, because that way I can stop and answer it. Because I promise to give you enough information so you can make an intelligent decision at the end. Okay, do me a favor, Eric. Betty, can you do this for me? At the end, just say, yes, Sean, I want one, or no, I don't. Can you do that for me? That's all I want. All I'm going to ask from you. Please don't tell me I got I to gotta talk to the dog. I got to think about it. Talk to my neighbor. Get back to you some other time. Because that means I confused you in my presentation. And if I confuse you in my presentation, I have to start the presentation from the beginning. And then I have to do the long one. And then that means I'm going to be here for breakfast tomorrow because I eat like a pig. You don't want me here for that, okay? So at the end, can you just give me a simple yes, Sean, I want one or no, I don't? Yep. You promise? Yes. Awesome, okay? So that objection is now gone. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying I still don't get that objection <laughs> at the end because you will, but what I found was it happens a lot less. And I can honestly say, no, you told me in the beginning that you would tell me yes or no. And then they're going to go, okay, Sean, no. Then they're going to give me the real objection, Dallas, because yeah. that's really what I want to try to get to. Well, and that's the point, right, is you want to fish out what's really going on. Because what I've learned, too, and it's the same thing, is, you I mean, you have to be smart, right? And, and yeah. this is what you always kind of want to push your people to do. Because when you get that, I got to think about it. What I real and I, See, I always heard things differently. And, and when I was in the demo, and I mean, it was always the things like, you know, when someone would, a customer would say something like, we don't do referrals. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I would just look at, like, so... This is how I heard. A customer would say, you know, Sean, we don't do referrals. Yeah. Or you would say to me, Dallas, we don't do referrals. Yeah. And I would, that's not what I heard. I didn't hear Dallas. So I, I would sit there and I would go like, so I have a $500 shampooer that I just offered to you for free. Mm -hmm. And you don't want it. Mm -hmm. So what you're telling me is you don't do free. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm giving you this for free. You don't want it. Mm -hmm. Well, you're buying a rainbow. Yeah. You don't want the, of course you want it. So, so when, when I hear, I don't do referrals, meaning I don't want your free $500 shampoo that's going with the, the system that I just purchased. Yeah. Doesn't well, make what sense. are the chances that, that that doesn't make sense? Correct. So when that's not what I heard, what I hear when you say we don't do referrals is Dallas, I don't trust you enough to send you to my family and friends. 
And that's, that's what I heard. Yeah. I, I didn't hear, we don't do referrals. I heard Dallas, I'm not going to send you to my family and friends. So I don't trust you enough. Yep. So for me, it wasn't like, I didn't call Jaylene and go, oh no, Sean doesn't do this. referrals. Yeah. Yeah. I heard Sean doesn't trust me to send me to his family. That friends. is correct. What do I got to do better? So you're looking deeper for what the real yeah, answer so is. So I always try saying. to teach people the same thing. Like, you got to be smart. That's not what they're saying. So when you get that blah, 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 like we love mm -hmm. it, everything's so great, but we're not going to go. Like, and even when our dealers do their phone calls today, oh, they really love it, but they're not going to go with it today. No. Then they don't really love it. Right. Right. I mean, like you, do you really love your daughter? Yeah. Would you give her away? Uh, no. <laughs> no. So honestly, right. So then you don't really love something and then just let it walk out your door and never yeah. think about it ever again. Yeah. You don't love it. Right. Yeah. So you have to understand is, is most times in those situations, the customer, what they're doing is trying to let you down. <clears throat> See, we don't go in with pressure. You know, if someone's going into your house and they're being a jerk and they're pressuring you, I mean, you know, back when you were with the previous company, you probably got a lot more get the hell out of my houses oh, yeah. than you did now. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Because back then it was more high pressure. You're knocking doors, you're pushing your way in. It yeah. was all these different things. It was more like when someone's being more aggressive in your house, it's easier to tell that person to get lost. Yeah. But when someone's being super nice in your house, the product's really good and everything is kind of a comfortable situation, it's harder to be mean to that person or tell them to get lost. So they try to let you down in a nice, easy way. So it comes up with all these nice things like, oh, we love it, everything's all great, but we're gonna yeah. think about it. They don't wanna hurt your feelings. So you have to be smarter to come up with these got things Before. to try to kill yep. this, to, to kill these objections And also understand something, to answer like the, the question that they originally asked is, what is the best way to close a sale and so on? Guys, <laughs> the closing, <laughs> starts from when you walk in the door. Absolutely. That's when I close the sale. Yeah. Um, I said this yesterday when we were doing the open house in, no, in the training. Um, I, I was trying to explain to people that um, I used to um, take people on demos with me, which means they would watch my demo. And I finally, I said, no, I'm never doing that again anymore. And the reason being is because I, I'll never forget, the dude looked like you, Eric, by the way. His name was Jason. And uh, Jason went on a demo with me. I said, look, I'm going to get you a closing average of 50%. Okay. And he said, okay. I said, I'm going to take you in. You're going to watch me and you're, I'm going to show you exactly what I do. He says, okay. So I went in the house in the beginning, the customers gave me the objections. We're not buying. We can't afford it. That right up front. Okay. And I said, okay, cool. <clears throat> and I said, no problem. I did the think about it. Relax the customer in the beginning, make a friend. That's step one, right? When you go into a demo, because there's something I call seven steps of setting up a sale. That's step one. Make a friend. Anyways, um, so I relax the customer. I go through it. I do my whole demo. And it was a tough demo, Dallas. And I get to the end and, you know, they're giving me an objection. We were fighting for the sale. And I got the sale. And I walked out of there with a the contract. And I'll never forget, we walk outside and I said, okay, Jason, tell me what you learned from that demo. He goes, come on, man. That was an easy sale. I want to see a tough one. I'll never forget that. I just really wanted to take the guy, put my fingers in his eyeballs and pop them out. Because I couldn't believe what happened. But then I realized what happened. What happened was my demo was so good, quote unquote good, that my, I realized my demo creates the sale. So the closing happens so good that at the end, I don't have to ask for the sale. Yeah. I let them buy it. Mm -hmm. Did you hear what I just said? This is important. 100%. I don't have to ask them to, to buy the rainbow. I let them buy it. Yeah. Because I've built enough value in the demo. What's the definition of value building, by the way, Eric? Have, I'm going to help you. When you get the customer to tell you 
the rainbow will save them money and pay for itself. Right. That's the definition of a value building demo. So what I realized is in my whole demo of closing, I have to ask questions so I know they understand what I'm saying. Because a lot of times dealers go in the house and they talk, 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 the whole time for two hours in the demo. And the customer's looking at you. Like right now you're looking at me, Eric. How do I know if you understand what I'm saying, Eric? You don't. Yeah, but how do I know? Because you ask questions. Thank you. You see, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Because this is how I try to focus on, get you to understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So the definition of value building, again, Eric, is when you get the customer to what? Tell, Tell you. The rainbow will. Save them money. You see, this, you see what I'm doing it right here with you right now. Yeah. So this is the difference. Most people do a demo. Now, they learn in, in phases, by the way. I found, Dallas, when people are selling something, they learn in phases. Phase one is they just do the demo. And they go, here's the rainbow, you know, and uh, look, it, the water's dirty. And then they get to the end, they're like, you want one? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And by the way, 25, 30% of yeah, them will say yes. You'll accidentally sell yeah, it. Yeah, you'll accidentally yeah. sell it. Yeah. Okay? But then there's a phase two. The phase two is you start giving them more information about how the rainbow can benefit them. Yeah. Okay? And then there's a phase three when you really start educating them about how the rainbow can save them money that's stage three you're educating them well and that's what we say too i think we kind of say like once you get kitted like we tell our people that's when the training now really starts yes right like you've learned kind of how to really show the product a little bit we've given you just enough knowledge to go out there and be dangerous yep and now at that point it's like now because people just i think all of a sudden think that oh i got my kit now i'm good for life it's like no that's when it begins now Mm -hmm. because now you've got a general understanding of the product now we're going to again advance your training in the product but then now we're going to teach you about people and about those connections because you know like you just said it and and it's not what you say but how you say it yeah and i had that same example i mean one really clear one and i know she doesn't mind me talking about it but i went with melissa um you know as one of our, our distributors now you know way back years and years and years ago when she was struggling with referrals and i went in and i was going on a demo and it actually wasn't anything to do with referrals but it, um we were we were in this demo and it was you know Walked in the house, I mean, just awesome wife, just super friendly. Hubby's over in the corner, you know, playing, you know, or doing a crossword puzzle or mm-hmm. something down on his phone or on his, on his, you know, on his, you know, little paper crossword puzzle. And she's just connecting with his wife and hubby's over there and she's not paying attention to him. And, you know, I'm trying to get him and try to get, I interrupted her demo 150 times for this whole entire thing. Yeah. She's glaring at me like, why do you keep, I'm just talking right. about weird shit. She's just thinking I'm ruining her demo. Yeah. But the whole time I'm trying to get this guy connected. Mm-hmm. And I can't find anything. And I'm just, I just start in the middle of her demo. She's just talking about something. And I just start talking about his house and his windows. And, yep. and this guy's giving me nothing. And they're all looking at me like I'm weird. She's going, what are you doing? Finally, I find something, get this guy, finally something to get, get him open yep. up. He starts talking away. Yep. Me and him are over in the corner, not even talking about the rainbow. Yep. Her and the wife are in the kitchen talking about the rainbow. Yep. I got this guy completely distracted, no idea what's going on. Yep. You know, And she's going like, what are you even doing? Yep. Then I get to the referral part. I just kind of explain them a little bit. We get some names on paper. We walk out, and she's like, "Yeah, I do all that." And then she goes, "What were the hell were you doing?" Like, you kind of, yeah, and I, and they I, didn't and understand. And, I, and, yeah. I, and it did. It just went right over her head on what yeah. was going on. Yeah. And I'm going like, and I, and so when I kind of explained it to her, 
you know, it's like she wouldn't have even probably had that sale. She would have had that typical that is correct. wife wants it, husband is correct. Like, no, we're yep. think about it. But, you know, so then once she kind of, she's like, holy shit, you know? And it was just that moment where it's like, yeah, like when I walk in the door and there's a super friendly person, it's like, okay, you're sold. Yep. I got to get you. Like, I, I'm looking for the miserable. And, one, and Dallas, that's know? the seven steps of setting up a sale. Step one is make a friend. There's two types yeah. of people. There's a make a friend and a find a friend. Yeah. A find a friend is somebody that's just naturally talking and talking. But then yeah. there's a make a friend, which most people are like that, which means they don't trust you just like that guy. Yeah. Now, I want to end, end with this part of the closing part. There is a phase four of selling, and this is where most people never get to. I'm, I'm, I'm saying most people, by the way. When I say most people, I would even say 90% of distributors don't even get to this selling level. And it's phase four, and that's what I call selling versus telling. Mm-hmm. This is the phase four. Okay, which means you're selling on purpose. And that's when you have a 70% closing average, yeah. which how many times do you see people have a 70% closing average? It's not very rare. It, it, okay, it doesn't. It we doesn't. have, I mean, pretty much me and Jaylene in our organization. That is correct. And then okay. we have probably three people that are yeah, that high get a, 60s. That's correct. And so that means you're selling on purpose. It's not an accident. Now, of course, we're never going to sell everybody. That's just not possible. No. And uh, But that is, again, selling versus telling. Now, the only secret to that is you're educating customers. It's just the way you deliver the information, Eric, yeah. which means you're delivering it in a way so I know you understand what I'm saying. So, Eric, okay, I before I got here, the carpet, you didn't know there was dirt in there. Do you agree with that? Yes. If you look at the carpeting right here in the living room and then you look down the hallway, look down the hallway, Kevin, or Eric, look down the hallway. Where do you see the carpets worn down? Everywhere. Yeah, but look down the hallway. Where is it worn down the most, the carpet? Close to the bedroom? It would be in the middle, Eric. Uh-huh. When you look at carpeting down a hallway, it's in the middle, okay? I don't pay attention that's to okay. the hallway. We really don't have a hallway here, so that's <laughs> it, okay? But this is my point. These are things that you have to pay attention to. Yeah. Because if you actually look down a hallway and look at carpeting, it's all beat up in the middle, like a traffic pattern. Traffic area. So the customer's looking at it. Now, here's what happens. This is all subconscious. The customer has, has noticed that it's worn down, but they don't know why. They think it's just because they walk on it. But now I need to make sure I get you to understand. Most dealers go in there and go, um, you see how the carpeting's worn down in the middle? People say that's because it's walked down, but it's really because the dirt that's wearing is down. And the customer's looking at them like, oh, okay. See, which is good. That's educating. But this is stage four. Most people don't even get to. So what I say to the customer is I say, you see down the, down the middle or down in the hallway, where's the carpeting worn down the most? Look at your hallway. In the middle? It's in the middle. Have you ever wondered why that is? No. Okay, now think about it. Why do you think it's worn down in the middle and not on the outside? Because what? Walk on more. You walk in the middle. You don't walk like this on the outside of your carpet, right? Yeah. So what do you think is actually doing that? Now think about this. When you walk in the house, you're usually in socks or your bare feet. Right. Do you think socks or bare feet cut carpeting? No. No, watch this. And I pull a big, fat, juicy dirt pad out of the middle of the carpeting. What did I just pull out of the carpet, Eric? Dirt. See how I ask you a question? It's forcing you to think, decide, and respond to me. Mm-hmm. This is the secret. So now Eric's looking at me. Now, now I know he understands what I'm saying. So I just pulled a bunch of dirt out of the carpeting. Now, just because you walk on the carpeting, the bottom of your bare feet don't cut the fibers. But I just pulled what out of the carpet, Eric? Dirt. Do you know what glass is made out of? 
Sand? It's melted down sand, okay? If I put sandpaper on the bottom of your feet and you walk down the middle of the carpeting over and over and over, what do you think the carpet would look like? The way it does right now, right? Yeah. So here's my point. What do you think's cutting the fibers? The dirt. The dirt. So if I get the dirt out, what do you think's going to happen to the carpet? Save the carpet. And how much how much carpeting do you have here? How many square feet? A thousand. Okay. So the cheapest carpeting you can have installed in your house is $4 a square foot. $4 times a thousand is how much? $4,000. $4,000. So by you not having a rainbow, how much are you going to spend on new carpet? 4000 You go out and buy new carpet. You put new carpet in the house. What starts again? Dirt. Okay. So the process starts again. What makes more sense staying, the rainbow or the dirt? The rainbow. You see the difference? Now they understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's like even too, when, and when we get to the part where we're breaking down, and this is where it was always huge for me, is when you get to the part of like, you know, we say we save the $10,000 on not having to buy the couches, buying mm -hmm. stuff. And I do the same thing, but I even do it with the, in a, in a similar thing, but I do it with the dirt. I'll pull the dirt cloths. Like we, we got our, you know, our 40 dirt cloths on the box and I'll grab the dirt pad that we pulled from the carpet and I'll do that same kind of thing. And I'll say all these little fibers here, like what are they doing to yep. that part? And I'll do that breakdown. Yep. I'll grab the one from the couch and say, Sean, what are, you know, all this little fabric here or all these little fibers here. Like, what do you think that's doing to the fabric in your couch? Wearing right, it down. Wearing it down. Now, what does that, what does that couch cost you? Uh, $4,000. $4,000. Mm -hmm. Now, would you, you know, agree that, you know, so I mean, this is all damaging your couch. Now, would you agree that we, if we were able to pull this all out of your couch and then use a nice, soft, you know, power to maintain that couch and mm -hmm. keep that clean for you, would you agree with me that if we could keep this all out of your couch, we would probably double, if not triple, the lifespan of that couch? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if I can save you $4,000 even one time, do you think that was worth the value of the rainbow? Yes. Absolutely. So I just yeah. saved you $4,000, possibly $8,000 just on your couch. Yep. And then I do that with your carpet. I do that with, so I save, I save you $10,000 yep. on your carpet. I save you, what does the hardwood floor cost in your kitchen? What is the, and, I, and I'll do that. And, I, and then by the time I'm done that on five or six things in your house, I just saved you $25,000, $30,000 right on there, right? So again, just by the rainbow saving, staying, just in, in what this saved you, even if it's a renter, I may not focus as much on the flooring, but it's still their mattress. It's still their couches. It's still their stuff. So when you break that all down, you know, at the end of it, it's like, no matter what, just on that $10,000 page that everybody argues on, it's like, I just saved the cut just by the rainbow staying here today, just in the next, you know, five, 10 years, I saved you X amount of dollars because you pull it out of the, you know, this is, this is all the little gravel pieces, Sean. I just pull out of the hardwood floor. Sean, what's it going to cost you to replace all this hardwood flooring? Yeah. 5,000, you know, $5,000. What's all this gravel doing inside the cracks of that hardwood flooring? It's cracking it, breaking it down, spreading it apart. Have you ever seen a hardwood floor in 10 years? Mm. It's all pushed apart. Yep. Right. So would you believe, you know, would you agree with me that if I pull, you know, and so it's just, it's just breaking that down, making that make sense to the customer. Yep. You're saving them money. And yep. Sean, if something saves you money, how much does it cost you? Nothing. Nothing. Yep. So the, the truth be told, Dallas, it's logic selling. Mm. And again, it's in that stage four. Can you it, give us those four stages? The four stages, yeah. yes, okay. The, I don't even have a name for them. I just started, I started thinking about it and realized it. Stage one, I guess, is when you're just explaining the rainbow, okay? Stage two is what usually happens is you... Because you're new in Rainbow in stage one. You, you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to get some information. Stage two is you kind of have some information. You're still explaining it. Yeah. Stage three, you start educating it. Right. And what is educating it? And by the way, when you're at stage three, that's when you're selling about 30%. Yeah. Okay, 35%. And stage three means you're, you're giving the customer a lot of good information. Right, which means you know the dirt wears the carpeting down. By getting the rainbow, you're not going to have to replace the carpeting, yeah. and that's where most people get to. 
Stage four is logic selling or selling ver selling versus telling. That's when it changes. That's where the ball game changes. That's when instantly you go to a 50% closing That's average. That's where you can yeah. honestly feel it too. You know when that dealer just yeah. flips over yep. for them yep. and they get it, yep. right? Yep. You know, we got a lot of people that you just you just know where it just something clicks yep. and all of a sudden it just goes, right? And it's funny because even today, and I know you're like this too, and, and believe it or not, because some people that are listening to this are going, are you kidding me when I say this? Um, <laughs> when I go into a house, I'm like excited for the objections. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which means I can't wait. The more upfront they tell me how much they're going to buy, not buy, the more excited I get. Yeah. I freak out when they go, oh, Rainbow, I've been I've been thinking about that. I heard they're great machines. I can't wait to see it. And, and I start like, going, uh-oh, uh -oh. you know, there's something wrong here. It was actually really funny because this was Eric's downside, believe it or not. Is so you know he came out of car sales and stuff like that, and and again like Eric has no problem saying anything, and he's he's a closer, okay. So it was actually funny because we had to actually teach Eric to not sell. Yeah, we had it's to true. Teach him. Yeah. To not sell, and he's in that moment where he he's in that moment now, just really in the last little bit here, where he's in that moment where it's flipping over for him. But the hardest thing that we had to do was teach him to not sell because he was going in like he would have been you know he would have been great. And slurby, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, because honestly, like, I mean, he 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 was he would he would go in and he would get to yeah. the end. He would just like he would just want he's like he would just want to close yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. And so, like you know, again, if you walk on if you walk into his car dealership, you're toast. Mm -hmm. He's got you. Mm -hmm. You're not walking out of there. Mm -hmm. You know, top car sale. You know, he's an eighteen at eighteen years old. He was the top sales guy in his yeah. dealership. Yeah, out selling guys have been selling cars for 30, twenty years. Yeah, right. So he's bringing that mentality into Rainbow. And it's that mentality that people think you have to have. And then, you know, we get people all the time, and I want you to talk on this in a second here, um, but we get people all the time that say like, oh, I'm not a salesperson, I'm not a salesperson. Mm -hmm. I can't come in, I'm not a salesperson. Mm -hmm. and, and and you have a good take on this, and I want you to talk about it in a second, but it, you also don't have to be that, like, like the image of what people think you have to be in Rainbow is not what you have to be. Correct. You don't need to be that schmooze talking, just blah, yeah. blah, 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 because yeah. our product and our business is very different. But we had to teach that out of Eric because it was his downfall, right? We were getting complaints on him and not because really? he was yeah. like, not because he was like rude, rude or, anything. or whatever, but because he was, was just almost yeah. too much. He was almost yeah. like overbearing yeah. a little bit. And he was just like, he was like cutting him off and just ready yeah. to like blah, blah, blah. And we had to actually teach him not to sell yeah. almost as much and come from that different approach because in rainbow it's almost like you got to come from the love of the product yeah. not from as much of like what it can do and this and that and and but he was amazing at objections so we're but then that's also a really good tool because when you get those tough people mm -hmm. right he's got them yep right absolutely so it was actually an interesting thing so then it just came he's also an 18 year old yeah. single kid yeah dude right yeah. and it's like how many single guys give a flying shit about cleaning correct so he also has to come he came into rainbow for money right and then kind of has to fall in love with the product in essence so you know not that he didn't you know appreciate the product but i mean when i was an 18 year old kid i'm like you know how many cases of beer i can buy for that yep. you know what i mean i you wasn't thinking it. about like my, my my buddy just passed out in his own puke i don't give a shit yeah. like what what you know in all honesty <laughs> i don't care what yeah. what's in my car you know what i mean like you don't care about that stuff when you're 18 years old yeah. so but again so he had that that different thing but it's, it's interesting just how you know you, you, you it's different in rainbow yeah. you don't have to be that salesy guy correct but what do you say to the person who says 
I'm not a salesperson. I want you to go there with that. You know, it's funny. I hear that so many times. I had uh, <laughs> I had somebody one time tell me for th- they were just for the longest time they were telling me how they couldn't do our business mm. because they're not a salesperson. And they're sitting there going, man, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not a salesperson. I've done stuff like this before and I'm not any good. And, you know, I've, I've tried it. It didn't work for me. And I'm just not a salesperson. I just, you know, some people are a born salesperson. I'm just not that person because I did something like this and it didn't work and I didn't make any money. And, blah, blah, blah. and I said, can you shut up for a second? And they go, well, yeah. I said, I disagree. They go, what? I said, you are a salesperson. You're selling me right now on how bad you suck at selling and I kind of believe you. <laughs> I'm sold. Right. I, I believe you. And they're like, he looks at me like, what the hell? Um, I, you know, look, people always say I'm not a salesperson. I just say we all are salespeople. You sell what you believe in. Right. Okay. When you see a good movie, what do you do? You sell it. I always use that analogy. One of the best movies I've ever seen in 3D was Avatar. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one, the original one. I'll, I tell people, literally, I remember when I got out of the movie, I was calling my brother, you got to see this movie. It's amazing. It's the best movie I've seen. Da, 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 da. I called my dad because we have this thing. When we see a good movie or a good TV show, we call each other and tell each other to watch it. And you sell it. Yeah. And uh, how much money did James Cameron pay me to sell movie tickets? Zero. He didn't pay me anything. You see what I mean? Yeah. So my point is, you, <laughs> I always use the analogy... Um, uh, how, how many of you have a boyfriend, girlfriend, or you're married and people raise their hand on that's a sale. <laughs> I had to sell my wife that I'm the best guy for you <laughs> for the rest of your life. That's yeah. a tough sale, you dude. Tri- that's a tough sale. Yeah. I tricked her, man. Then you, gotta, you gotta, then you gotta keep her. Right. And I got every single morning. You gotta, right. So anyways, um, I, we're all in sales and that's just, that's just a cop out yeah. is what it is. Mm-hmm. What happens is most people just don't have any belief in themselves, which by the way, is usually the way you're raised. Yeah. That's what usually what happens. Well, we get, and I think you hit the nail on the head there is because what you said is like you, people can sell what they believe in Mm -hmm. and I think that's where the powerful part comes into it is because you know again and that's where I think rainbow is different is because you know and and this is something that you know I know I know this is different in the rainbow world and I'm not trying to to shit on anybody who does it a different way I know there's a lot of success yeah ad hiring and and all kinds of things I mean I know Daywood I mean one of the biggest distributors in in our company came from an ad hire there's a lot of success in it but just one of the things that Jaden and I've always stayed true to too is the fact that I mean it's like it's it's like we just always done it organically Mm -hmm. and we just always look and because again there are the other sides of it is I mean sometimes you know when you look at the the ad hiring side of it is like you just can get some people who just just come in don't care about the machine Mm -hmm. just you know just want to go make the money and they're just Mm -hmm. gonna go pound on the door and just go in and just try to sell it to you and Mm -hmm. they don't have one and Mm -hmm. and and I look at it as like if, if you came in to try to sell me something and I bought it and I come to open house the next day and realize you don't have one or something like that, it's a different story. Now, I know in the way Rainbow does that hiring is like you still got to have the machine before you go in. And we, yeah. we do it differently. So obviously, yep. they you fall in love with the product first and you go that way. But, you know, I just know that like if you if you don't – people who come into our business, if they don't have the product and they don't fall in love with the machine first, it doesn't seem to work. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it just it doesn't seem like you have the. It doesn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you don't have. It just doesn't seem that if you don't have the passion and the love for the they machine, they don't get it. Yeah, yeah, you, it doesn't seem to work for them, right? Agreed. So in this in in this business, it's like you lead with your heart and 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 the thing. So it's interesting what you said. So you have to have that passion for the machine and fall in love with it. So and that's what we just kind of said. Take a look at it. You always have to kind of see the machine first. So even when Rainbow does its ad hiring. It's always like, take a look at our product first. Now, here, here's the you funny know? story I want you to know. You guys know I was recruited <clears throat> into Rainbow yes. from another company yes. that yes. ends in a Y. Yes. Okay. Yep. 
And um, when they recruited me, I was recruited by Mike Raldi. Yeah. And when he brought me in, I never saw a demo. Yeah. I had no idea what it did. I, it was completely sent by God. I'm completely tell, being honest with you. I left the business I was in. I kind of retired. Um, I was a retired distributor. I was selling 200 at a time. It's just I, I left. That's another story. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, Mike Raldi called me up and said, I want to talk to you. I talked to him. He says, why don't you come into this business? I said, I don't know. I want to get back into direct sales. And, and I never even saw the presentation. Never even saw it. I traded some in, yeah. but I never even saw the presentation. And it was funny because I'll never forget. I was asking my wife, what should I do? And she says, um, it's not my choice. It's your choice. And Rex there says, hey, we want you to come in. We want you to possibly be a distributor, by the way, all that stuff. And they said, uh, but we want you to work on the road a little bit and help us out anyways. So I'll never forget for some reason, I just, I was in the shower and I'm washing my hair and I, it just hit me. I'm going to rainbow. And I opened the shower curtain. My wife was putting her makeup on. I said, I'm going to Rex air. I'm going to rainbow. And my wife goes, I know and she's putting her makeup on. I'm like, how did you know? It took me two weeks to make this decision. Cause I had like six different offers from other companies because yeah. so, people found out I left the other company. So that's when I started rainbow. And here's the funny thing. So I started in a rainbow. I started in a training class. Mm -hmm. I started, I was started literally in another media recruited training class. I'm scraping the lamp, you know, doing that whole thing. And then I actually was doing some media recruiting, helping the company traveling around. But here's when everything changed. I actually started as a dealer. They sent me to Florida and I was a dealer with Peggy, right? with Peggy Valentine. That's when everything changed because you know why I fell in love with the product. Fell the product yeah. I, cause I, I actually fell in love with the product. I became a dealer. That's when I started selling and that's when everything changed. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yep. So that you just, and, and that's the thing, right? So it's like, that's where I think the, the whole thing really comes, comes down to the fact and, and of just really nailing that whole, that whole thing together yep. is, you know, it's just yep. believing in it and, and, and what it does. So I think that's where it's really different in, in a lot of ways. So it's like, you know, where rainbow is, where rainbow is different is in that way as you, you know, so like you said, you, you can sell anything you're passionate about and you fall Absolutely. in love with. So when, Absolutely. when you see our product, just got to see it. Yeah. Just take a look at it. Yeah. And then you decide yep. if it's something you fall in love with, yep. you're passionate about it, yep. then you make that decision. Because how many times have you seen people say, I'm not a salesperson, take a look at our product and blow this up. Yep. Absolutely. Right. I'm one of them, Sean. I've never Ton. sold a damn thing. Yeah. Right. Now I've always been kind of like that charismatic person. I've always been a talker. People my whole life have told me, right, you should be selling something. And I've never sold anything in my entire life. Nothing. I've stayed away from sales. I didn't want anything to do with sales, you know, and, and the rainbow is like literally the only thing in my entire life that I have ever sold. You know, what's funny. You know? It, it, my daughter literally who is in college right now, who is, um, in a, she's majoring in business and minoring in a language. She speaks German. She speaks fluent Spanish. And, um, you know what she wants to do? Mm -hmm. Sales. Okay. Well, now people always ask you darn to get in a rainbow. Look, I don't know. I'm not pushing one way or the other. I'm not going to be that person. But sales is the most important and profitable position, I believe, okay? Number two is sales. Number one is a business owner, mm -hmm. yeah. okay? And there's more millionaires, let's say, in the United States than anywhere else in the world in Canada. I put them in that yeah. together. But what people don't realize is 77% of the millionaires are business owners, mm -hmm. okay? 
and um, 22% are salespeople, stuff like that, right? Sell t- big ticketed items, yeah, just yeah. so you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it sales is like my father-in-law would have been amazing in sales, but he stayed away from sales because he says, I don't want to get into sales. And he should have been. He would have been a multi-multi-millionaire. It's just a great people person, yeah. right? You yeah. sell what you believe in. And he's amazing at selling things that he believes in, by the yeah. way. We all are. Yeah, exactly. the thing. So no, I think that all makes sense. And uh, yeah, so no, Sean, thank you honestly very much for sharing your sales experience with mm-hmm. us. And that was uh, absolutely that was uh, sales. That awesome. was sales with Sean. And that is episode 15.